It's the round six roundup. I'm Tom, that's Ollie. This is the 100 Club and we're talking cricket. Good to have you here. Ollie, good morning. How are you doing? Not bad, not bad. Safely installed in a in an actual building as opposed to some uh, some bits of timber in a in a wood. So yeah. funny enough, I now have uh, I now have access to things like the internet to be able to follow the hundred again. So yeah, well, all good. It's good to have you back. We're giving Richard a bit of a break this morning, and it is early morning. And you know what I'm like early in the morning. So um, let's see how this goes. Yeah. Uh, it could be this could be challenging for me. But uh, mm. we'll, we'll we'll talk round six because it's been wrapped up just as of last night. Um, let's start with, if we can, Sunday. So Sunday, for those people who weren't paying attention, was a rain affected day across the country, and clearly disappointing news about the Test match. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it sort of built towards, uh, you know, a, a thrilling final day. And it turned out to be thrilling if you were ducked, didn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, it, it was um, It was pretty pretty upsetting, actually, to, to have all that good cricket go into actually a, a draw in the end. Um, all the Indian fans were absolutely convinced they were going to knock off that remaining 150. And all the England fans were absolutely convinced India were going to knock off that remaining 150. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it could have been a lot more competitive than that, I think. Well, I mean, I think I think a lot of people were quite disappointed because they were really relishing the chance to jump up and down all over the England team for you know, for losing that game, and then felt as if they'd lost out a little bit when they when it was yeah. a draw. Well, who knows? Well, They'll get another opportunity. I'm fairly sure. <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty sure they will. Yeah, um, it clearly affected the hundred games, and that's what we're here mostly to talk about. Um, the the women's game between the Oval Invincibles and Trent Rockets, uh, complete washout, despite frankly quite a lot of sunshine in London on uh, on Sunday. But they did get some cricket on in the evening with the men's team. Yeah, it was. Um, it I don't, it was it's not on this because I don't think it was that it was that wet, but it must have been the case that they just they were struggling to get get players out of the outfield. I think yeah, at I one point there was a, a pretty bizarre situation where the players were all running around you know, all over the pitch playing football uh, and not playing cricket. So I think that was a great look for the for the sport. It wasn't. And I think we, we can talk about the lack of communication that the uh, the organisers were putting out there. Uh, and I think there's been some some pretty fair criticism of that on the day. But, you know, at the same time, the groundsmen worked hard. They pulled in one side, got a shorter boundary where it was very wet. And, you know, they did game of, get a game of cricket on 65 balls each. Uh, and it was a good game. And the crowd stayed and there was, they were all there to the end. So Jason Roy uh, doing what Jason Roy does. Yeah, it felt like, um, felt like they suited him away. He'd, uh, I think his best, best knock was when he didn't really have time to, um, to play himself in. He just had to go for it because of the shortened format. And... Um, yeah, I'm not sure if that's his, is that his, probably his top score in the, in the competition so far. It fe felt like it. It certainly, it certainly felt like the most important. Fluent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, put them up on 125 for six, uh, they posted. And the, the Trent Rockets, I think, felt the loss of Wahab Riaz, who's played the grand sum of one game now, played very well, uh, but then has an injury now. So they, they didn't quite look as fluent. And I don't think, you know, Rashid Khan does what he does, Matt Carter bowled all right, but they didn't really get into that attack much. No, I mean, 125 is sort of a you know, pretty reasonable score. In 65 in balls. <laughs> and then in 65 <laughs> balls, it can, it's really quite, you know, quite, quite an imposing, imposing total. But I suppose the Rockets gave it a go. And they were, it felt for a while as if they were 
as if they're in the hunt. Uh, but I think possibly two balls. <laughs> the, not the stuffing out of them. It was only a matter of time till those two balls came up. <laughs> so yeah, Alex Hales um, receiving some some body blows. Let's put it that way, consecutively to to absolutely poleaxe him and knock him off his stride. Yeah, I mean, I, I was following it at that point on the on the radio coverage, and um, I mean, Poratif um, now was 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 really struggling. To, to describe the second ball because um, you just, I mean, it's worth looking at. I mean, the TV coverage is great as well, but the, the radio coverage has been, I think, sorely sort of overlooked because he goes incredibly high pitched. <laughs> he's like, he's hit him again. Like, it was like he'd been castrated in the commentary box, you know, possibly quite appropriate given what was happening on the pitch. Absolutely. Well, it didn't really get much better for them. The, uh, the batters, frankly, didn't get any of any of them got a start. Lewis Gregory tried his best at the end, and it almost looked like he might be able to do something when Rashid Khan came out and hit mm. some beautiful sixes, but um, hold out, and uh, from there they just couldn't quite get over the line. So it was a competitive game, really, considering yeah, yeah, considering it, it, needed somebody, it needed somebody at the top order to 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 get to get them close, you know, and then you know the likes of likes of Gregory and Khan, you know would have been in with a fighting chance, but no, a little bit too much to do at the end for those guys. Yeah. And an honourable mention to Tom Curran, who does did what he does, which is some good death bowling and actually just closed it out in a in a professional manner. So uh good good effort for him. It wasn't the only rain affected game of the round though. Um we had on Saturday down at the Aegeus Bowl um the most southerly team in the tournament playing the most northerly team in the northern superchargers and the women's game there again suffered a bit with with the rain and was reduced uh reduced down what did you think of that one well it again it just didn't feel like the northern superchargers had posted a posted a big enough total and you know it's one of those where you know they they were going along and then the rain came so you kind of you know you sometimes wonder does the does the revised you know target really reflect what they would have got you know, if they'd mm. if they'd known it was only going to be a sixty you know sixty odd ball innings, but you know can you look at the strike rates? They everyone got in, but nobody really got going. You know I think nobody was striking above a above a hundred in that in that Northern Superchargers innings. Everyone seems to get a start, but just not not really be able to kick on. And so you know even if it had been a hundred you know hundred balls plays a hundred balls. He, didn't feel like they were going to set a set a competitive total and kind of really you know that's that's what played out yeah I, I wondered whether the rain might help actually the northern superchargers a touch when they came off um sort of between the innings uh Alison Davis Alice Davidson Richards uh and Laura Wolfart really hadn't struck with any fluency the uh, Lauren Bell who we've just interviewed and if you haven't checked that out do have a look on the channel it's a, a great chat with Rich uh taking a couple of wickets and sort of pegged them back and I wondered whether the break, you know, might allow them to pick up some fluency, but they just didn't get out again yeah. and going. And then it was all all about Sophia Dunkley, really. Yeah, she um, she looked really fluent, and you know, just almost you know looked like she was batting on a different pitch to the one the Superchargers played on. Um, yeah, yeah, just striking it really, really cleanly. Would you like a special guest appearance? <laughs> yeah. Would I ever? <laughs> Would you ever? It's Rich. Hello. Good morning. Morning. We got you out of bed. <laughs> you have, yeah. <laughs> so with the Northern Superchargers men in 
uh, playing the Sun Brave Men in the evening, it was kind of a similar story, really, with the the men of the Northern Superchargers not really getting going either, much like the women. Would you agree with that one, Ollie? Yeah, it, it did. It did feel very similar. They, you know, everyone seemed to get in. Everyone got a start, but just no one was able to accelerate. And you know, perhaps as soon as they tried to, they got out, and someone else would come in and kind of do the same. Um, you know, I don't think anyone really came out with a you know, the decent strike rate. You know, Harry Brook probably going a bit quicker than everybody else, but but only for a handful of balls. And you know, it it just didn't feel like you know they they'd set you know a challenging target. It just felt under par, and you know, I think you know, that's that's kind of what happened in the end. You know, um, you know, it only took one batter to, to to get in and get a you know get going, and you know they were going to chase it down. Um, yeah. So yeah, just uh, disappointing really for the for the superchargers. It felt like you know this was a chance for them to get up into the top of the you know top business end of the table, and just just didn't take it. Yeah, and we'll get into the tables in a bit. But again, from the from the Southern Brave side, again their men's performance looked rather like Sophia Dunkley doing the business for the women earlier. You had Quinton de Kock, who did get in and did do the business. Yeah, when yeah. you're chasing a low total, you only really need one batter to to get in, and especially if it's somebody at the top of the order. So, yeah, very, very good professional knock from de Kock, 72 not out, saw them home. Although it was, there were some jitters at the end as the ball started uh, moving around a little bit, but uh, no, relatively comfortable in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, carried his bat for 70-odd, um, I think, player of the match or hero of the match or whatever they're calling it and uh, gave a, a typically uh professional interview afterwards i don't know if you call that he doesn't <laughs> he, he doesn't like to give too much away um let's have a he say that it was, he was player of the match and it was about time because <laughs> he was generally awesome in all the other games as well <laughs> he is he has been you know on good form since he came in took that fabulous catch as well so keeping well batting well looking forward to seeing them you know, I think he'll probably get them into the uh, eliminators. Yeah, not a bad shout. We'll see the table in a minute. We will. Uh, let's have a chat about last night's games: the uh, Spirit versus the Originals at uh, heading. Uh, sorry, at uh, Old Trafford up in Manchester. Uh, a fabulous women's game. Yeah, it was a really good game. Came down to you know, the last couple of balls. Manchester got up to 127, I think it was, which looked a good score at the time because it, for most of their innings it felt they were going to get much less than that but then Sophie Eccleston came and played a good hand in late innings I think she smashed 30 odd off, off 20 balls uh, and then the uh, the spirit lost Tammy Beaumont incredibly early um, and you think when you lose a batter of her quality that it's always going to be a bit difficult especially as it was a bit of a low and slow pitch and you know taking spin but uh, the spirit put together a very good run chase um, it was a good partnership by Heather Knight and Deandra Dottin sort of got them back on track and then you know a lovely little cameo at the end from Dipti Sharma uh, to see them home. It felt for for so much of the spirit chase that um, that the uh, the originals had kind of had it had it in control. There was there was one point I think where where Knight and Dotin were going along. Uh, I think they just had got to partnership into the into the forties and um, and you you could sort of sense that that the originals needed a wicket. So, you know, Eccleston comes back on bowls five. I think Cross bowls herself five. Um, Cartley bowls another five. And so, you know, she's kind of using some of her, you know, some of her better bowlers in kind of in those middle overs, which is quite unusual. But it worked and she got, you know, they got two or three wickets at that point. And you thought, okay, maybe that, that was kind of crisis averted. Um, but yeah, then the spirit, you know, really rallied and kind of quite, 
quite quietly and without having to be too aggressive, sort of just got themselves in with a chance, just quite sensible batting for another sort of 20 balls, got them in a position where they could could go for it. And uh, yeah, in the end, it was, a, it was a, turned out to be a really good chase. Yeah, got it with 98 balls on the board, so two balls to spare. Deepji Sharma carrying most of the responsibility towards the end, but also honourable mentions, I think, for some of the lesser known uh, stars, Daniel Gibson and Charlotte Dean, who both put in some big shots and did just enough. I think one way I've started looking at these chases is mm. that if you make the assumption that you more or less go a run a ball um, in terms of there's a single to be had most deliveries, then if you need, say, 30 off 20, then that's 10 you need to make up in boundaries. So essentially at that point, you think, well, that's sort of three fours or a couple of sixes you know, could, could, for the balls themselves. So then when you break it down like that, you think, actually, well, you know, you've got 20 balls left. You only have to hit three boundaries. That's very manageable. And even if it's 40 off 20, you think, okay, well, that's kind of five or six boundaries in 20 balls. So I think when you start thinking in that way, you realize that these totals that you know, seem very kind of tough run chases are actually quite manageable. I think the, the players react as well. They realize they don't have to smash every ball, can play sensible cricket, wait for the right ball and, uh, and, and get their sides home. Similarly, it prevents, uh, presents opportunities uh, for death bowling, you know, to control that. And, you know, to, you know, if you see it from the flip side. And I think we saw that in the evening game with uh, with Brad Wheel, um, who's come into the competition as Mark Wood's replacement for the London Spirit men, having having a great session at the end there and taking four wickets. Well, he's, he's bowling like like Jimmy Anderson. He's doc, doc, doc <laughs> at one point. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see, I don't think anyone saw that, you know, this kid on... You know, debut. I don't think any of the analysis that they've done is a watch out for this guy. You, you're not going to be able to get him off the square. Yeah. But the odd thing from the London Spirit is that they waited till they're out of the tournament to give the youngsters a chance. Whereas other teams have gone with youngsters from the get go and it's paid off. I mean, you look at the likes of sort of Chris Benjamin, uh, you know, for uh, the Phoenix. So Cracknell came into the side as a batter. You know, Brad Wheel made his debut. And yeah, they look really good. And, and that was a, that was sort of a good good up and down one as well. I thought when Brathwaite was going well that he was going to see the, see the originals home, but he he held out with a you know, five or six balls to go, and they they couldn't quite get there. Yeah, decent knock from Colin Ackerman as well. Tom Lamanby contributing and Phil Salt at the top, but yeah, it just sort of ran out of wickets. It felt to me as well. Uh, yeah, that, and that issue of the uh, the not so long batting order for the originals comes to haunt them again. Yeah, which was yeah. something we were complaining about the London Spirit for, but clearly that's broken their duck. They have a win. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that something that to game take into, think, the long, into the winter. <laughs> <laughs> that game, I think, really sort of showed up some of the weaknesses of the win, win predictor, because you know one ball was seeing it pitch you know wildly from seventy percent in one direction to about sixty percent in the other direction, at one stage. So I think basically they ought to stick up a win predictor which says it's fifty fifty. And let's yeah. leave that up for the whole hundred <laughs> ball because, yeah, yeah, it was it was swinging around all over the place. Who'd have thought it? I'd take, take it the other way. I think that means it's a it's a good game. It's fluctuating. You know, well, it is, it is, but it means that it hasn't fluctuated. I don't think it's fluctuated as much as the wind predictor was saying because you can't be, you know, one strike of the cricket ball means that you were probably never out of it <laughs> at at twenty yeah. percent chance of winning if hitting one boundary suddenly puts you in the box seat. So uh, yeah, I think uh, you know you're the uh, you're the data guy, Rich. But I think whoever's working on that uh, win predictor needs to uh, tune it and refine it a little bit because it's uh, a bit erratic for my taste. Oh well, uh, fair enough. Um, 
I was I would say one other thing I wanted to mention about this game was that um, mm. Owen Morgan achieved the dream of every club cricketer, which was turning up, having a bat, and then having a sit down. <laughs> <laughs> I think he had an ice pack. He, just for good measure, he had an ice pack on his knee as he sat in the dugout. Just in but, case. Uh, just in case. But Adam Rossington took over captaincy duties and uh, yeah, did a good job. He did. Had a good yeah. knock. Um, Ravi Rapara copied him, though. <laughs> he was not doing the same. Hopefully they're both well. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll see them again. Owen Morgan has been glowing in his praise of the competition generally, so I think he's quite enjoying it, really. Um, with you, you, your point about win predictor there, um, Ollie, probably wasn't so much in, 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 in obvious uh, um, case on the Monday Night Madness that was the Welsh Fire versus the Birmingham Phoenix at Edgebaston, particularly uh, perhaps for the women's game, where it was the Shefali Vermouth show alongside Eve Jones, who just batted through. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just knocked them off. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny, I'll get those. Yeah, set a decent title, I think, by the Welsh Fire of 127, and uh, yeah, just knocked off 131 without losing a wicket. Yeah, I before the game, I'd gone back and had a look at Shafali's stats because I think she was being a bit unfairly, uh, some of the analysis was a bit unfair. She had 71 runs in mm. her five innings, and she'd only had one single figure score, so she was having starts the whole way through. It wasn't like she was sort of Getting, getting ducks every innings. But she hadn't gone on to turn it into a score, and that's what she needed to do. And um, she managed to do that on, on Monday night. A fantastic knock of, uh, I think, it was, was it 72? But, um, yeah, showed her talent that we all knew she has. Yeah, I think the Welsh Fire might, you know, still have a win or two in them, but I don't think it's going to get them across the line now. And I'm afraid I'm pretty much of the same opinion for the men's squad. So let's round up this, uh, this week six or round six review with... Essentially, a lap of honour round Edgebaston, <laughs> much like Imran Tahir enjoyed after his hat trick. It was a good game, though. It was. I think one one interesting thing it showed was that even in uh, kind of a thrashing or a blowout game, the crowd were quite happy to stay to the end, especially because the home team were doing so well. And even though you know it didn't really matter so much that hat trick, you know the fact that the ground was still full, the fact that Tahir was giving it a big one. It was one of those great moments of the tournament, even though it wasn't particularly close as a cricket match. So I think that, that bodes well for the 100, that it can still be entertaining and compelling, even when the games aren't that close. Yeah, and uh, I'm afraid the Welsh Fire really have tailed off a bit. They, they felt the loss of uh, Johnny Bairstow early in the tournament. Their bowling lineup, I'm afraid, hasn't really done much now. Clearly, Jake Ball injured. Um, David Payne, I think, struggling a bit uh, with injury as well, I think. Uh, and you know, just didn't put any pressure on that Birmingham Phoenix batting lineup, and Moeen took advantage alongside Will Smead. Yeah, got himself a test call off the back of that knock. Um, I think you you said it on our last roundup, Tom, that the uh, the London Spirit batting just looked like a good blast lineup, and they kind of know better. And I sort of felt the same about Welsh fire bowling. I thought mm. these are decent blast bowlers, but 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 no better than that. So yeah, the uh, the Phoenix definitely took advantage of it. Yeah, well, you're a Kent fan. You saw Matt Milnes come in and, you know, take a, a first ball, first wicket, and then actually take a bit of punishment <laughs> thereafter. Uh, I hope yeah, it's okay. his first set was actually very good. But yeah, no, no, they, they took a liking to him. Okay, so that's the uh, that's the games for the round six sort of covered up there. We've, we've got the round seven uh, blood feuds between teams such as Southern Brave and uh, Welsh Fire, all the local teams essentially in round seven to look forward to. Um, let's have a quick look at the tables, though. Start with the women. The women. Um, how's that one looking to you, Ollie? I think we knew at the start that the Southern Brave were going to be good, and they are, right? So there's no you know, no surprises there. 
But after that, you know, all like, the Welsh fire are out of it. Phoenix yeah. struggling. But then it's, you know, it's four from, and it's two from four. So we've still got plenty to play for. Yeah. So we'll see Southern Brave on the final on the 21st of August. I think we can make that prediction now. Yeah, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to say the Brave win it straight into the final. I'm going to say the Spirit knock off the Invincibles this weekend and then beat the Fire in their last to sneak in. And I think the Superchargers pick up one more win. Um, and um, the Phoenix, who are on a roll, beat the Rockets. So therefore, it's the Brave, the Super, and then so it's the Superchargers and the, and the Spirit in the Eliminator. Okay, big predictions from Rich. Let's see if he does the same for the men. That's so, what he was doing while he was over his complex. He was figuring <laughs> out game by game what's going to happen. This one is interesting. I think we, I think the Phoenix are on a bit of a tear. I can see them winning out now. Um, and I think it, the Brave also in decent form. So I think this one's going to be Phoenix direct into the final. And I'm going to say Rockets and the Brave uh make the eliminator okay are you not and you're saying the phoenix aren't going to be affected by the loss of moeen then no i think they're so good at the minute and they've got so many options that uh i think they'll do fine without them because okay. presumably it's phoenix versus the rockets isn't it as their their local matchup yeah so i think if the phoenix win that but i think then the rockets still i forget who their last game is but i think one win still gets them uh, up to 10 points and i think that'll be enough to get them into the eliminator okay I think the uh, the Southern Brave fancy themselves to get into this one as well. So if you are a Southern Brave fan, you're going to get some good value, I think, uh, potentially from the the final two days of cricket, the eliminator and the final. Um, so that that'll do for the tables at that point. I think um, it's been a good round of cricket. Business end coming up. We've got some interviews lined up. So if you're enjoying this content, then please let us know. Uh, we are enjoying the competition, and we will see you real soon here on the Hundred Club.